Welcome to Talking Comics with My Dad. More comics on this podcast than any other podcast. I'm Rachel. I'm Jim. And we got a couple things going on today. It's going to be uh, good. Uh, got a little bit of a... I'd hope so. I want to make sure it's worth the people's time to listen to this. Well, I mean... That's true. That's, we're, that's we're, we're shooting for mediocrity. We we aspire for mediocrity. That's the slogan of uh, talking comics with my dad. That's right. T-shirts will be available soon with that slogan on it. Yeah, so we got some stuff going on today. Yeah. Before we talk, we'll, we'll wait to talk about uh, Cycle of the Werewolf, mm-hmm. the Stephen King novel, the illustrated novel. Let's talk a little DC first, of course. Because you know the, the the big story has been. James Gunn and the new DC Cinematic Universe and what that's going to look like. And you know, it's kind of looking like that Aquaman and the Lost Kingdom is going to be kind of the finale to a degree of the, the Snyderverse. It looks like it, yeah. And so with Jason Momoa possibly playing Lobo in the new, the new DC Universe. Which, I mean, I could see it. Well, one of the big stories has been Henry Cavill, who mm-hmm. thought he was back as Superman. We saw him in Black Adam in a cameo. Now he's done, apparently, and there's been a, a story out about Jacob Elordi, who was in uh, the HBO uh, series Euphoria. He was in that. He was in the Mortuary Collection, and he was also in the much-acclaimed Kissing Booth 1 and 2. Okay. <laughs> I've never seen those. I don't know. The Mortuary haven't Collection s- was pretty good. I haven't <laughs> seen any of those, so <laughs> I don't know anything. He's Australian. I know that much about him. And so... James Gunn in these rumors about Jacob and Lordy has said that, you know, no, that there's not, it's not true that he's going to be the new Superman that, um, he said the casting's not going to start until the screenplay is almost done. And that there's, and apparently there's still a lot of work that has to happen on that. Right. So, and I mean, for, and for the, um, just as a reminder, um, so James Gunn is going for a younger Superman with this next project. It's right. going to be cub reporter Clark Kent with some, uh, more popular side characters from the comics that we maybe haven't seen in a while in the films. So like, like Jimmy Olsen, like Jimmy Olsen. So yeah, um, we're going to see a younger Superman and I can understand why James Gunn hasn't said anything about this yet because, uh, Cavill's a tough act to follow, and I would imagine that James Gunn is probably feeling the pressure right now. What do you think about James Gunn writing the next Superman movie? I mean, you that's a lot of pressure. You are now the, the architect of this, of, of the DC Universe moving forward. Right. With, with Peter Safran. Or mm-hmm. Safran. Safran, I'm sorry. Peter Safran. That you, you have that responsibility, and so now you're also going to write... A movie that's going to be a very pivotal movie for this DC Universe re- reboot. I, oh, for I just sure. Think that's that's a lot to take on, isn't it? It's it's big shoes to fill, and it's you know I don't envy James Gunn's position right now because oof, um, it's and you know here's the thing: I like him as a writer overall. I thought he did a pretty good job with Guardians of the Galaxy. I liked his take on Suicide Squad with the with the more recent of those movies, right? Um, Peacemaker has been fantastic. Uh, really, really good writing. I just... Superman intrigues me because it's... I feel a very different world from what he's been doing writing for. Right, where there's been more of a a sense of comedy And, and a little involved. darker. And a little right. darker. And so can he walk the tightrope here of making Superman have a sense of humor... 
have it still though. I'd say it'd be totally dark, like like Man yeah. of Steel or Batman versus Superman or anything like that. And the thing is, like, but but have it not be silly. I I do enjoy a lot of Gunn's work because I do feel like, well, yeah, he can he can lean a little into the comedy. That I think there is an amount of appreciation for the characters he's writing. It's it it isn't kind of comedy for the sake of oh, isn't this stupid? It's it's more. He's he's writing the characters with uh, with you know a degree of respect is maybe not the right sure. word, but you but, get but what a I sense mean. of humor and humanity and, and and like value for for what he's writing. Gotcha. Yeah. I mean, it seems like he's taken on an awful lot, and I, you know that that's just at least my my initial. I'm going to say it. I hope he's doing okay health wise because that's this has to be so stressful. <laughs> because you got to get this right if you're him. I mean, you've been entrusted with this very valuable property that it was already, you know, can the Batgirl movie. Yep. Has, you know, we're seen a change in what the Green Lantern series is going to be and all these things that are, you know, and, and, you know, canceling Wonder Woman three, Henry Cavill out of Superman. And there's a, there's a lot of moving pieces here. And so, and he's the guy that if this all goes badly, it all, all goes back, it all goes back on him. So, yeah. Now the the Marvel Cinematic Universe mm-hmm. continues to hum along quite nicely. It's it's got something going on usually pretty regularly. Yeah, as we move into now the the new phase of the the Marvel Cinematic Universe with uh, Ant Man and the Wasp, Quantum Mania coming out very mm-hmm. very soon, and that um, one of the producers of the of that film, Stephen Broussard, feels that that this movie's going to have a big impact on the Marvel universe going forward because Ant-Man's always been kind of comic relief. He's, he's a bit and, of a joke character. Yeah. I, I mean, Paul Rudd's great. I like Paul Rudd. You know, he's, he's wonderful in, in that, as that character, but he's never, and it's always been kind of the joke, right? That he's. And Ant-Man. He's, yeah. It, it, that he's always the, Hey, what about me guys? You know, <laughs> I, I'm, I'm a superhero too. And, but, but according to Broussard that, and we talk about movies like Captain America, and the, Captain America, the Winter Soldier, in which you saw the fall of S.H.I.E.L.D., and it felt like the entirety of the MCU turned on that. Captain America Civil War is another film where you saw heroes divided and camps and battle lines being drawn, and it felt like the future of the MCU was going to be defined by the action of that film. Right. And so we really liked the idea of making this Ant-Man film as important and integral to the MCU moving forward. And a big part of the story is Scott Lang, Paul Rudd. Yeah. And the relationship with his daughter Cassie, who's Catherine Newton, mm-hmm. and that because he missed on the, the you know out on five years of her life when he was in the quantum realm, that you know the, the, he said that Broussard says a lot of the story is going to be about the father daughter relationship and him trying to make up for lost time and probably exactly. the guilt around that. Yeah, and of course we're also going to see the introduction of Kang the Conqueror, Jonathan mm-hmm. Majors, who I think will be great. Oh, he'll in do this a really role. good job. So it it does it does appear to have a it's going to have a fairly significant role in what what we see moving forward with the yeah. Thunderbolts and and all the other films that are coming out. Exactly. So how do you feel about this so far with all this information? <clears throat> what do you think of this movie? How, you know, of Quantumania? Yeah. I think it'll be good. I I I like the Ant-Man films personally. I thought I do they were too. both I thought they were both films were really good, and you know I just I, I do like that there has been some effort to really build on his character, and that, that you, there was always kind of the joke character aspect. But I think that they're they're doing something with him, like constructively. 
Right. I, and I, I just think I like Paul Rudd. He's great. <laughs> and I just think he's such a likable character. You know, this guy's a former thief that's now a superhero. And I, I think it's cool that you still have Michael Douglas as Hank Pym. Um, you know, you have, you know, Michelle Pfeiffer in it as well. I mean, as, of course, the, 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 the mother and father of, of the Wasp. Right. Evangeline Lilly. So I think it's, I think it's, I like the people. I like Paul Rudd a lot. Paul and Rudd, so, yeah. So I, I think it, I think it's cool. And now it sets up the next big baddie. You know, now that Thanos, though, who knows, we may see Thanos. Oh, I'm sure we'll back see Thanos again. Some point in time. <gasps> but I mean, but Kang's fun. But it I, sets up the next big baddie in, in the Marvel Universe. Kang's cool. He's got a good actor playing him. So overall, I'm feeling optimistic about this. Yeah, I think it could be really good. Yeah. So we you've read this before and you loaned it to me. And thank you for loaning me the book. Of course. Thank you for reading it. The Stephen King illustrated novella. No, novella called the the cycle of the werewolf yes uh it's it's not quite a graphic novel it is a novel with graphics in it um illustrations by bernie wrightson who does a phenomenal job it um there's a couple of illustrations every chapter and it goes through kind of a it follows the the year through you know each month and each lunar cycle and the illustrations are just Awesome. It's a very EC Comics, Tales from the Crypt kind of feel. To yeah, the, the, the illustrations are very much like that. Yeah. Um, was also a movie called Silver Bullet. And the uh, kind of the, the focus character in this, um, Marty Koslaw, is this, this young boy who's he's in a wheelchair. He, um, I, I don't believe in, in the book they elaborate on what happened to his legs, but he's, he's paralyzed, basically. And um, the movie follows him a little more and makes him kind of the focus character. But here in the book, he's just, he's, he's sort of a periphery protagonist, I guess. Corey Haim, by the way, played him in yep. the movie. And Gary Busey played his uncle. And dear God, there is nothing scarier than Gary Busey. <laughs> but he ends up not being the... He's not the werewolf. The, he's, he's, he's not the good, werewolf. He's a good guy. It looks like he could be the werewolf. But yeah, um... So basically... It came out in 1985, by the way. Yes. Um, novel story is basically kind of your... Your run-of-the-mill Stephen King thing where it's following, you know, activity in a small town and there's these series of murders that are going on every month during the full moon. And I love how each one is... a. It's the victim in their encounter with the werewolf. Yes. And what... You know, who they are as people what's going through their minds when they encounter the werewolf. And I, I just think that's really cool how, yeah. how each one, each chapter kind of des describes these, these people you know, ranging from, from being not bad people right. to being an awful well, well, one of actual. One of them's a kid. <laughs> and one of them's a kid, Marty Coleslaw. Or, no, Marty uh, Coleslaw is the main character. Um, the, the werewolf does well, the, kill uh, a kid. The kid, though. the kid with the kite. Yeah. Yes. I forgot his name in the, in the story, but there's, yeah, the kid, he stays out too late. He's flying his kite. He's not a bad kid. He just happens to be the wrong place, wrong time. And the werewolf gets him. Right. And the, the woman who's looking for love. Right. That is, you know, yeah, on this, the heavy this... set side. And, and she's kind of the butt of a lot of jokes in town. Yeah. This... And she perceives the werewolf as being the handsome man that's come to. Sweep her off her feet. Exactly. And 
and she she embrace and she's she's probably one of the few characters that actually embraces the notion of dying. Right. She knows she's going to die, and she's perfectly fine with that. And it's one of the more tragic deaths. I mean, other than the kid. Right. <laughs> because she's just kind of a lost soul, a lonely person, not a not a bad human being. Right. But it's it's very interesting, and I guess um, we'll definitely be getting into spoilers for this. So um, uh, maybe you know, maybe here's a good yeah. place to end if you want to read this book, which I highly recommend. It's it's a very short read. It's only about a a little over a hundred pages, and it's just fantastic. If nothing else, check it check it out for Bernie Wrightson's illustrations. Yeah, and I mentioned teen actor back in the day. Uh, Corey Haim played Marty. Coleslaw, Gary Busey was his uncle. Everett McGill, who was in uh, Twin Peaks, yes, is the Reverend in this, mm-hmm. and also another kind of sci-fi-ish, you know, kind of out there, you know, series that was on, also on ABC. Right. Terry O'Quinn plays the sheriff. He was John Locke in Lost. Well, hey, <laughs> and so you've got some ties to some of these other other shows that uh, we're at uh, a few years after that. But yeah, I, I just, yeah, the illustrations really fit it perfectly and it's just a great story. I mean, it's, I like how each month, you know, the description, the railroad worker mm-hmm. that encounters the werewolf, uh, the guy that owns the diner that had been in the military, not a small human being, big physical guy, how, you know, he's not scared of anything and then he encounters the werewolf, and it's like, holy crap. Okay, all this training I've had, my size... Doesn't really matter. Doesn't, doesn't matter against this thing. And, and, it's, and it kind of draws an interesting contrast to the, uh, the, the focus character, Marty, who, who is this, this disabled kid who's, you know, in a wheelchair, and obviously he has a lot of, like, you know, a lot of struggles because of that, and his parents. Kinda, his sister, there's very much a well, typical you know, you, sibling relationship. It's, it's, you get you get what you want because they feel yeah. bad for you. But she also really cares about him <laughs> right. too. She does love her brother, but she also thinks that he's spoiled and yeah, and those kind of things. And and then his his uncle here, uh, Uncle Al in the book, um, he's the only one who kind of you know really takes Marty seriously, and he's a bit of an enabler in the movie. In the movie, um, Gary Busey's character, Uncle Red, I believe, um, he actually builds Marty a basically a wheelchair motorcycle and calls it the Silver Bullet, and that's where the title comes from. Right, which that doesn't happen in the book at all. <laughs> no, it doesn't. In the he, book, it's far, it's far more, it's far he, more grounded as much as you he, can have reality he gives him about fireworks, <laughs> fi- which save his life. Yeah, it. Um, yeah, he blows off half the werewolf's face and ends up being how he can recognize the right. human. <laughs> and then he doesn't make him a motorcycle wheelchair, but he does find a way to make him silver bullets. Mm-hmm. Which is how they end up killing yeah. the werewolf. <laughs> so it's a really good read. Hopefully we haven't told you too much about it. It's not a very long and I mean, illustrated novella to read. It, it, it took me like an, an hour and a half, or maybe an, well, an hour probably read yeah it's it's a good quick read and it's just it's gorgeous i wanted to really include it on here because yeah it's not technically a graphic novel in the traditional sense but i mean the illustrations lend so much to the story i think right and i just i wanted to talk about it because i i got it at barnes noble and i thought it was really neat so yeah so if you're a stephen king fan um 
Your mom's reading the new Stephen King book. Fairy tale, yes. Which she is absolutely enjoying. I am also reading it right yeah. now, and it's good so far. Good Sa- stuff. Safe to say this will be a Stephen King movie in the next three years? Oh, I have no doubt about it. There, for sure. <laughs> I have not read it. Where do you rate it in regard to some of his more recent work that he's, that he's put out? That's a tough one. Um, well, I'm about halfway through at this point, and I would say... I would I would give it a solid eight out of ten. You know, it's I I really like when King does these intergenerational friendships because it's it's basically a story about this this teenage boy who you know his his dad's his dad's a recovering alcoholic and you know they're kind of going through stuff in life and he meets and befriends this lonely old man who lives in this creepy house and. It ends up kind of saving the man's life, right? And it's it kind of talks about their their reluctant friendship that sort of builds, and there's way more to it than that. But I always think that King really does interesting intergenerational friendships. It's kind of a <laughs> dynamic similar to the one that turned in they turned it into a Netflix movie. Yeah, Mister Mister Hannigan's Phone or something yes, like that. Yes, I believe that's correct. Yeah, but. I it's just it's one of those things you know King has I think four really solid themes that he does consistently and this is one of my favorite ones that he does so but you wouldn't put it up there with the stand or the shining um or pet cemetery because I mean those are I mean, Car- Carrie Carrie's my number one Carrie and the Misery girl who loved Tom me. Gordon which is obviously not a horror book but I, a, a, a great a fantastic read. It's fantastic. It's, yeah, it's not straight. It's, you know, like Stand By Me. Yeah. I mean, I think, you know, does it, does it rank up with the classics in my opinion? No, but I like seeing King do, I don't know, different stuff as he gets older and branching out a little bit. I, I think that's, it's neat to see. Okay. So you would, you would recommend it. I would recommend it. All right. Well, I think that's it for today, but uh, until next time, I'm Rachel. I'm Jim. And we'll see you later. Mm-hmm.